Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show, everyone. My name is Steve Bowes. It is great to be with you today. Trish McFarland, sadly, not with us today. She was on assignment, but uh, we do say hi to her, and we will see her back here on the next show, of course. Um, just a couple quick updates for me before we get to today's show. Um, check out some recent shows we've done on the HR Happy Hour Network. Uh, we did some good stuff on the return to work and helping organizations make that adjustment uh, with Rebecca Ray from the conference board. We did a really good show on navigating compliance and kind of dug really deep into the new Form I-9 stuff uh, with Jason Fry from Equifax. And, and then finally, a really good show, a couple shows back, if you go back in the feed, a show on creating more access and opportunities in the workplace for the deaf and hard of hearing community. And we did that with Christy Ramos from CSD Works. And honestly, that was one of my favorite shows we've done uh, of the year. So check that one out as well. There's actually even a video version of that show on our YouTube channel uh, as well. So, um, and then lastly, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, check out our new HR Happy Hour Work Break video series. That's really going strong as well. Trish and I uh, get, on the, get on a Zoom call, or actually it's a live stream for about 10 minutes, uh, most workday afternoons, pretty much every workday afternoon. Take a quick, quick work break, have a little fun, and uh, just talk about whatever's going on that day. And uh, we're having huge fun with that and, and really good re uh, reception to that as well. So we're really pleased. So check that one out too. So, all right, that's enough of my nonsense announcements. You can find everything going on on the HR Happy Hour Network and our website, hrhappyhour.net. So today we have a great topic. It's all about the importance of, of HR technology and helping to create really just compelling and, and positive employee experiences in the workplace, and even more specifically, how, how really powerful technology oriented around employee experience can help employees and their organizations achieve their learning and upskilling and reskilling objectives. And this was a topic I know I was talking about constantly before COVID-19, but that just despite all that, this topic is not diminished at all in importance. In fact, uh, we could argue, maybe we will on the show today, it's even more important now. So we're going to get into all those topics. And our guest today is Dickens Auberg. He is Paycom's Director of Client Learning. Dickens is passionate about these subjects. He's also passionate about his faith, his family, learning, basketball, 90s hip hop. And he has over 20 years of proven leadership skills gained through managing global client engagements. And he has a strong track record and successfully positioning learning and knowledge as a strategic business driver. Prior to joining Paycom, Dickens served as the America's knowledge leader for Ernst & Young, and he's also held several senior managing consulting roles with IBM, AT&T, and PwC. Dickens, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. It is, it's great to have you. And I've, I've met you a couple of times, but it's great to have you on the podcast for the first time. And I, know, I usually kind of follow up on the bio a little bit, Dickens. And I don't know which way to go yeah. on this, but I'm, I, I, I'm tempted to talk about <laughs> 90s hip hop, but I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather No, talk. no, Steve, go ahead. Let's talk about that. And it was well, funny. I wanted to bring that up because let me tell you how relevant this is. So this weekend, my 20-year-old son and I took a father-son road trip. Uh, he was going back to school in Indiana. And so the rule was, uh, so we're driving from Oklahoma City, Indiana, and Indiana. The rule was whoever's in the passenger seat is the DJ, right? Okay. Drive, okay. Right? And so we were talking about several things, and we were talking about life, and and um, one of the things I started to do was walk him through my journey with 
early 90s hip-hop right okay. and um late 80s early 90s and seeing that i grew up in brooklyn new york and so seeing that uh grow up with me and so walked him through all the different early albums from the early fujis to krs1 and so um so it was very relevant literally we just went through this and he spent three hours listening to different samples across all of the uh um uh, uh journey where there's tribe called quest de la school they also, et cetera. So nice. I'm glad you brought that up. And I, maybe that's another podcast for you. I, I, it should be. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not as, as much of an expert on this. I, I'll admit it's probably you are, but um, I, every time I hear regulate, I stop what I'm doing. And I just, <laughs> I, I just, I okay, you have to listen to that entire song. So, um, yeah, yeah. but I am also interested. I'm going to, we're going to get to learning and upskilling and technology in a second. I promise everyone, mm-hmm. but uh, I got to ask you, I'm a basketball guy too, Dickens. So what, who's your team? Is it NBA college, both? I mean, I know you got the thunder there. Is there a team? You said you grew up in Brooklyn, though. You could be a Knicks fan. What, what, what? I'm absolutely one of the uh, Knicks fans that are pained and hurting every year to see how, poorly managed our team okay. is but i'm a diehard knicks I, fan i knew, through I, knew <laughs> I knew we would get along dickens i grew up in new jersey uh-huh. been a knicks fan since day one and been suffering along with you so I, maybe we can talk about that on our other podcast uh, that's exactly that's part two of our, our podcast yeah. knicks, <laughs> knicks fans lamenting uh today that's right. we could spend hours on that so awesome well great to great to have you here uh dickens um we want to talk about uh, HR technology and employee experience, and maybe let's just start off with this. Um, as you guys are going through kind of navigating a crazy world right now and helping your clients, more importantly, mm-hmm. right, navigating through all their challenges as well, what are, yeah. what are some of the things you're seeing around um, the usage of technology and, and how uh, employees and employers are adapting and how technology is playing a role in, in the, all the changes we're seeing right now out in, in the yeah. work and in the workplace? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, technology and and employees using technology um, is about empowerment. And we see that really every day. And so, you know, Steve, I think if we begin and start with how we all as people um, and as a society interact and use technology, I don't think um, we would go or have to stretch to to come up with different examples and use cases for um, how we use technology to engage with people and engage in community and do things as simple as buying a cup of coffee, right? right. Um, you know, if I if I you know were a betting man, I would say you know you have your mobile phone, your mobile device within four feet of you, you know, right? And so we have access to it and we interact with it every single day and it becomes a critical part of how we function and how we operate um especially the positive sides of things and we see that translate into how we see people working right um and the future of work is leveraging and using the technology in the right way um and so in enabling enabling employees to um interact with their own data. When they show up to work, they don't turn those things off in their minds. You know, the night before they updated their address uh, in in, in Amazon um, because they moved to a new place. Um, they don't have to call or reach uh, to a call center for to make that change. Um, but when they show up to work, they shouldn't have to, you know, contact HR to also update their address, right? right? They should be able to do that right there within the system. They should be able to interact with their dependents um, or new dependents or all the changes that impact their lives um, 
they should have direct access to that. And that's really about empowerment, right? And not only empower the employees, but the other side of that, Steve, is that it empowers and enables the HR function within the organization to really do the things that they were designed to do, which is um, create content, you know, to build their culture, right? To make sure that their employees are growing or developing, um, that they have the growth mindset that's going to help them be competitive in the market, that's going to help them um, deliver better value through their products and their services. So, you know, that's what I think is the most important thing and that we want to make sure that the experience that employees have here at Paycom the experience that they have um, using our technology is consistent with what they expect and what they do with their personal lives and their consumer uh, type of technology. Yeah, Dickens, that's a great point. And, and to me, it's, it's, it, I feel so uh, very strange when we talk about this, because like, I feel like we have been kind of talking about that, uh, that challenge for mm-hmm. a number of years, but it's right. only very recently that technology has advanced to the point that it's becoming more of reality in many organizations. And more specifically, that uh, the technology's evolved and come down market enough so that organizations really of any size can have access to sets of really powerful tools and technologies that are very user-friendly, that are very kind of um, intuitive, right? So as you said, when you, good luck trying to get help from say a big online retailer, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to get it, right? So they have to set up their their processes and their workflows and their tools so that, you know, they're self-explanatory. And that's critically important, I think, as well uh, for great employee experiences, as you said, Dickens, but also just to encourage adoption, right? And I know that's something uh, I've talked with the the team at Paycom a, a lot about over the years is these tools, and no matter how wonderful they are, how, how well-developed they are, how user-friendly they are, uh, how powerful they can be, they don't help the organization if people don't use them, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. They don't. Um, And one of the drivers behind usage and adoption, and we spend a lot of time here at Paycom um, making sure that we have great experiences for our, our users so that they are seeing the value in adopting. And one of the key components to that is familiarity, right? Um, And ease of use, right? That's a a critical thing because um, we as people, we're creatures of habit, right? (laughs) Whether someone would admit that or not, right? But if something is too complicated, too hard, or is so much different than what you're used to in the the past, or similar types of whether it's technology or even uh, processes, you're not going to do it. You're going to be less inclined to put the effort into it, right? And so that's a key thing that we want to uh, make sure we do. Yeah, Dickens, uh, I'm, I'm a little biased in this area, I will admit. Um, mm. I come from big ERP back in the day. Like that's mm-hmm. my, my introduction to enterprise technology was in big company, big ERP projects. Right. And so I'm a little bit- You and right. I both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. With your background and, and all those places. By the way, you had a great like kind of alphabet soup of like America's greatest companies, by the way, <laughs> in your background, but, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. We could have spent like an hour on the bio, Dickens, me like tearing it apart and, and commenting on it. But, I, you know, and I had to say, you know, Steve, I've been fortunate in so many ways and also been fortunate to, um, I'm actually doing what I went to school to do, right? What I got yeah. my degree in and very, you know, not 
lot of people get to say that and I love every day in doing so. Um, and so having the opportunity to work at Pricewaterhouse, starting out my learning consulting career at Pricewaterhouse Coopers and then spending time with, um, you know, IBM for the good majority of my team, uh, my, uh, my, my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, in the last, you know, five years, spending time with Ernest and Young and really cementing and putting the icing on the cake of what it means to, um, you know, provide value through consulting and engaging is all came together and what I, I, my team and I are bringing yeah. through Paycom and through our technology. So I've been really fortunate for that. Yeah, now it's super impressive. And, and speaking of acronyms and alphabet soup, I mentioned ERP, right? And, and yeah. I come from, but here's why I brought it up, Dickens, because it, it made me think about that when you were talking about just familiarity and ease of use. Mm-hmm. I'm biased towards solutions that, um, that are more platform-based, that are more yeah. consistent across the experience and more con- more consistent across the data model and just natively share information with each other, whether that's, you know, the applicant tracking system feeding the HRMS system after the person gets hired, which then is, you know, intuitively and integrated with, say, the onboarding system, which is tied right into the learning platform so that, you know, employees can get up to speed, et cetera, et cetera. And it all works kind of smoothly and intuitively. And I don't know. Are you seeing, I mean, you know, some people argue, Hey, let's just go find the best solution out there. But I'm, I'm more on the line of, Hey, the best solution are the ones that people use. Right. And, yes. and having everything together, I think that's a, that's a huge advantage, both from a, from a data flow perspective and, and a familiarity and ease of use perspective, but also just for getting people to use these tools. Yeah. And not only is it easy to use, it's familiar and you now have a seamless experience, right? Um, I think the advantage, Steve, that you not only articulated really well is that a single platform is about being smart as well, Mm -hmm. right? And that it knows me and knows me as an employee uh, and what I could be doing, should be doing, and the time frames for when we're doing that, whether it's taking my learning and tying my training that I need to take with my schedule, right? Yeah. And when I'm available, um, uh, those types of things are really key and critical because here's why that's valuable now. We, more so than ever in any period of time, we're consistently inundated with information, right? At work, in our personal lives where we're, you know, Twitter posts and things that are popping up all the time. And so being able to filter and shift and process that is more very, very important, right? And so simplification is the, you know, the new thing and the right thing and goes back to what you were talking about, adoption, yeah. ease of use, and the simple, the way you simplify. And the only way to simplify is making your platform um, uh, particularly a single platform like our platform, like Paycoms, smart, right? Yeah. Um, and that it's connected um, and that the employee has a, an experience from whether they're putting in their time or time off request to they're trying to find the next learning that they need to register for um, when they come back for their vacation right. um, or their time off, right? And so, and everything in between, including, um, you know, registering or signing up for benefits. So, yeah. um, you uh-huh. know, I think that's really the value proposition. 
Yeah, and it, it's compelling, right? And, and we could mm-hmm. do a whole hour on kind of platform versus best of breed, but I'm always going to come back to platform, always, always, always. But uh, I hope I hope that my friends mm-hmm. at the best of breed vendors don't get offended by this. But uh, maybe we should leave it at that then, rather than me risk uh, offending. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yes, you have point solutions, and then you kind of create, I kind of see it as it's a patchwork, right? Um, a quilt, if you will. Right. Uh, right. But um, it, it's it's not the same. It's not the same experience. And so um, and there's a lot of value in that because the, sh- the mental shift that, you know, you force your employees to take um, the mental shift that um, IT teams have to make, um, I think, becomes waste. Frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Dickens, I want to pivot just a little bit uh, to talk a little bit more directly around your kind of passion and your expertise besides 90s hip hop and basketball, of course, which is learning. (laughs) And like I said at the top, I had been, you know, prior to kind of all the turmoil in the world, I had been spending a ton of time on learning, on upskilling and reskilling and really closely following what was happening in some of uh, the Americas and some of the world's largest organizations were making, mm-hmm. and, and I hopefully still are making just significant investments in employee upskilling, reskilling and development initiatives. I'd love for you to comment a little bit about kind of where we're at from your perspective and from the clients you support around uh, the importance right now and going forward in these learning, upskilling, kind of reskilling, whatever term you want. And we don't need to even parse the terms out that much. I don't think that even matters too much. In fact, it confuses sometimes the conversation. But Mm -hmm. just where do you see kind of the current state of of learning and upskilling right now from your perspective? Yeah. And this ties to the kind of the comment that I I made just a few minutes ago, and that is, um, you know, employees, employers alike are inundated with a lot of information and a lot of change that's happening. Right. And so learning is, I think, a key element to managing change and being agile and adopt to you know, forces that are in and outside of your control. And I, I don't think there's a time in, in history when you look at what's happening um, that's underscoring it more so than today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so with that is, um, you kind of talked about earlier, you've been working with a lot of clients and talking to them about returning to work, but being able to maintain business continuity, um, being able to underscore your culture, and your values as a uh, as an organization um, are going to be extremely important today. And so, as a result, um, upskilling, retraining, like you said, we don't need to parse those out. But there's a life cycle that learning takes to drive business results. And you know, one of the areas that I've been real passionate about um, is starting to directly correlate learning and your learning experiences to business impact and results. And okay. as a learning professional. That's the holy grail, if you will, right? Um, you know, as, as a consultant, we work with tons of clients where you're, you have to validate your existence as a learning function um, on how you're driving increased sales and revenue and um, customer service and customer satisfaction and those types of things and key, you know, OKRs, KPIs, however you uh, define them in your organization. And what's so great about that, because that's the accountability for something as valuable and impactful and transformational as learning within your company and organization. And so, um, you know, and that's really been the aim for Paycom Learning, Um, you know, Steve. Mm -hmm. um, We directly connect and correlate 
business impact, your results, and the transformation that you need to see for your employees and for um, your customers and your stakeholders with the learning journey. And so um, when you go through learning and how you create your own content within Paycom Learning, how you import or bring in um, existing content um, or even third-party content, but bringing all of that together for the purpose and the goal of driving business outcomes is where the value is. And so, um, and that's even more so now, right? Companies need to have the experience of putting my people through training and learning and through the compliance and all the things that they have to know, plus all the things that they should know, plus all the things I want them to know so that we can drive better results and outcomes. Yeah. And Dickens, I think that's always been one of the key challenges, right? Organizations have faced is really just validating the success, validating the impact, validating the return on investment of training initiatives. That's been, you know, an age old problem. I think now modern technologies are advancing to the point where we can actually make those connections, make those uh, um, quantitative analysis, if you will, right. Of the success or or relative impact of of training. And I think that's a huge step forward. I think the other thing that I think um, that technology evolution or revolution has done, and I'd love for you to maybe share some thoughts on this is this idea of much more personalized training and development Mm -hmm. and reskilling experiences. Like instead of kind of, serving up the same, you know, here are the six introductory e-learning courses you must take because you're a new employee here to really driving down a level or two or three or however many, right? To say, hey, this is the kind of the role you have. This is the, what the organization is doing. Maybe this is the project you might be working on, et cetera, et cetera. And, and developing, and maybe these are your goals, right? As a, career goals too. Yep. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of supporting kind of an, an employee's journey, him or herself, right? And, and kind of more personalized approach to this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to frame that a little bit for you, Stephen. You know, I was reading a, a Forbes article um, earlier this year that kind of stuck, stuck with me. And, you know, they were going through some, uh, some numbers around a, a survey around how workers feel about their learning journey and path and it you know almost 60 percent of them said they didn't have um, they felt like they didn't have enough growth opportunity um, right. to stay where they were right um, almost 70 percent of them said they would be more satisfied if they um, worked somewhere where their skills were better aligned with what the business needed right And then 50% of them said um, that they're going to leave so that they can go to the next step and to the next level, right? They saw their progression as a a worker in their career um, elsewhere, right? And those should be alarming numbers, right, Um, to any organization. So tying that back to what you're saying, and that is learning is such a personal thing right in itself if you go back to um you know your experience in in you know k through 12 and through college and even as you learn how to bake a cake right <laughs> um in or learning a new skill it's something that you take you take pride in you you are have a connection to it so the personalization that we see in pro, uh, in our product particularly like pick up learning and when we look at uh, emerging learning technology it's so important because now you have a connection. Uh, an employee can say, I'm going through this for me so that I now can contribute to the growth of my company and my organization. And then I can take that with me, 
right? Um, and so you have connection, you have purpose, um, and that's so important. And when you look at, and I actually think, Steve, there's some discussions on, is this the millennials or, you know, generational? Right. I don't think it is. The fact of the matter is it applies to me as well as an old man in the household, <laughs> and that is um, I deeply care about what I'm spending my time learning and what my company, my organization will get from it, right? And who the people that I lead, what they're going to get from that and enabling them. So personalization is more than just, I set up my preferences and I like web-based versus instructor-led and, you know, it's a message that sends to me. Those are the easy things. It's the personalization of the experience of the output and the outcomes and the reason why um, I'm going through this learning um, and the value that's going to gain out of it. So even if it's something as straightforward as I got to do compliance training to make sure that I'm authorized to operate this forklift right? That still can be a personalized experience for that forklift operator because now he or she can see the impact and the correlation to excellence in operating that forklift will have to their organization, whether it's through, you know, making sure that they're reducing claims around safety, but also, you know, the services and the products that that piece of equipment supports. So, um, and that's where it goes back to the value proposition of Paycom and our learning product as well, Stephen, that is, you know, freeing up our HR organization to really focus on those things that are going to be cultural driven and those things that are going to make a difference for the business and the employee journey. Yeah, Dickens, thank you uh, for that. Uh, there's a couple of things I was thinking about. I love, first of all, uh, stepping back a minute or two, I loved your baking a cake example. Um, <laughs> just because uh -huh. one of the things, everybody's doing their own kind of, um, Everyone's adapting, right, to the, the stay, lengthy stay-at-home kinds of things right. Right, in different ways. And, and yeah, you can only imagine what people have been teaching themselves, right? Like yeah. how to cut my own hair, right? Like I've been yeah. doing that too, but go ahead. But one of the things I've been doing is more cooking, right? I pretty yep. much yep. only know how to make hamburgers and, on the grill, right? But I said, yep. well, I've got to cook more now. I can't go out as much, I, whatever. So, um, and I'm noticing like just with, in terms of a recipe, right? Like in, in looking up different recipes and some sometimes they're just narrow sometimes there's videos sometimes there's pictures and mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. trying to figure out here, here's really the way I prefer to uh, take in this information to try to learn these steps and it and it's and it's definitely I've thought about it more deliberately and more kind of more focused on it whereas in the past I never really thought about it at all but now I'm actually really trying to concentrate on learning a skill and I forget what was the last thing I was making. Oh, I just made it last night. It was like a spaghetti carbonara, which is a really simple mm -hmm. recipe, but I'd never cooked one before. And I'm like, and then I found that I really only kind of understood what to do when I finally watched the video of the chef, you know, making the dish uh, on the website. And so uh, I, I really relate to that, that, yeah. uh, that uh, example. And imagine how powerful, Steve, that would be for put yourself in the shoes of, you know, uh, um, a worker that can go into their learning at work the same way, yeah. right? Let me go find what's going to help me learn this concept now, right? Better, right? Because to the point I mentioned earlier that we're, we're having to work, companies are having to do more with less, right? They're going to, they're expecting their employees to pick up skills and capabilities a lot faster and quicker um, because so much around them is changing. And imagine the power that you would feel going into your role and really not even power confidence right um going into your work if you know that you can go find what you're looking for and learn it the way that you need to so yeah yeah that's so important uh, take a time. Yeah. 
one other thing I think I wanted to touch on, which I thought yeah, I, I think sure. is interesting, and it's and it's this it's this idea of kind of um, development, training, skilling, et cetera, whatever term you prefer to use right now, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But thinking about that across the spectrum of your, of your workforce, and in particular, the importance of offering development opportunities, abilities to learn and grow, not, not you know, to everyone in the organization, but in particular, the folks who, who maybe you're shining stars, right? Your top talent, maybe your, your, mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. leaders. And sometimes it's tempting. Yep. You know, I've been in an organization where they said, well, we don't really need to train the people who are the best at XYZ, right? They're yep. already really good at it. We need to work on the folks that need a little kind of I don't know, more, more remedial assistance, if you will. But yep. I think that's a failing strategy longer term. And I know like the pandemic is kind of rifled through the labor markets a little bit, but think about what's going to happen six months from now when, when all of a sudden it's, it'll be back like it was hopefully right in January and February and everybody was struggling to find people. I'd love for you to comment a little bit about the importance of engaging like all of your workforce, but in particular, your, your really high performers and giving them this, these kinds of developmental opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. So Steve, um, you know, w the lesson that I've learned uh, over the years, uh, in fact, let me tell you a, a quick story working okay. with a client, right? where um, they had uh, a processor, right? Um, and, you know, they were, um, you know, insurance uh, company and they had, um, you know, a, a young man who was excellent in processing, um, you know, claims. And he had a system, he had a process in place and he was kind of positioned as a kind of superstar. Um, and they used him his, in branding and in marketing, right? To come work for us because look at Steve, right? Uh, we'll just say his name was Steve, right? Because yeah. Steve, guy's yeah. name, Steve do really good things, right? And so, um, and as I was working with them and they talked about it and we talked about it and then I asked the question, I said, who does Steve train, right? And so typically, here's how they decide, uh, most companies decide um, who's within the training organization. Someone who they feel is a good communicator, right? Or someone who may have failed somewhere else and said, let me just stick you in the training team, oh, training right. organization, yeah, yeah. right? And so, um, and they'll say, well, Steve doesn't have time to, to be part of training. And my challenge to that client was I was working with them was saying, I in no way, shape, fashion, or form are going to say you need to move Steve into the training organization. And matter of fact, he's delivering value to your company or organization because of how he manages his work and his process. But people want to learn from Steve, right? Every employee shows up and says, look at Steve's results, right? Look how well he's doing, right? So it's that kind of competition, but how, what can I learn from him? And so I challenge them to say, unless Steve is helping others do well, he really isn't a top performer. Oh, yet. that's interesting. That's a really, right? I, this is not the answer I was expecting, but this is really interesting. And so if you want to gauge who really truly is a top performer, not only are they delivering their work and delivering on the metrics and meeting and exceeding their metrics, but they're bringing others along. Right. And that, and then, and not only recognizing, but rewarding when someone like Steve is bringing others along and meeting his metrics. And so now that's going to create the foundation of a learning culture within your organization. And so, um, so that's a great example because the fact of the matter is we all learn more from our peers 
and our direct line management and, and supervisor or, you know, whoever our boss is and whatever your environment is. Those are the primary ways that we learn things, right? Yeah. Um, and so we have to enable and empower um, peers and managers to be the coach, to be the on the ground trainer and learner and not just this is the guy who trains you for two weeks and you come back to your job and you got to figure it out and so that's where i'm really passionate about helping organizations through our technology through paycom learning to really understand how i can position my top performers um to create content right and so we have functionality like uh, our vcc we call it video content creator where now you have put the creation of content in the hands of your employees and of the people who know the work and know it well and can speak to the nuances that help them to be successful in a different form and let the recipient then process that process it and then translate it into results for themselves yeah. and so you know when you have a client that says i don't have a training organization and i can't create content i say no you have training going all the time and you can actually empower those that are doing well to create the content and not only recognize them, but reward them for that. So, um, so hopefully I address what you're saying there, uh, Steve, but I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah. I think that's a, it's an untapped opportunity that many organizations don't realize that they should be capitalizing on. Yeah, it's a great point, Dickinson. And I said, I wasn't really expecting that answer, but it makes complete sense. And I, it could this I could tell is a little bit of the basketball influence on you. Because I, what, I, what, I, what I wrote down is you were, you were describing that, uh, you know, the, the impetus to try to get these top performers to, to contribute to the, to the kind of the learning culture in the organization. I wrote down the basketball term of making other players around them better. Right. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what it reminded me of. Right. And it's, it's a, you know, and that's kind of a thing where we say in basketball for folks who don't know that phrase, like the player might be, you know, a great scorer, may score many points, good shooter, et cetera. But if mm -hmm. they, you know, if they don't maybe facilitate the play, they don't pass the ball when it, the right decisions make the pass, when they don't support their, their teammates just emotionally or, or kind of prop them up when they need it or kick them in the butt when they need it, whatever, you know, that, that yeah. idea of, you know, I'm a good player, but I also, when I'm on the court, the other players, they can play better too because of my contributions to them. And it's a really, really underrated skill. It's hard to measure, honestly, in basketball sometimes. But it, yeah. it, the way you're describing it, it becomes And it's hard easy. to measure in the workplace but as well. Yeah. Um, it, and, I, and I honestly think because the way we look at it, we seem feel like it's hard to measure, but it really doesn't have to be. No, that's my point. I think you're, the, the, what you're describing about kind of user-generated content and social content and kind of uh, uh, being more transparent and visible about sharing content and, and mm -hmm. kind of lifting people up who do that makes it more visible and makes it more uh, apparent to the organization. And then, of course, then if the organization hopefully, right, is rewarding those behaviors, you know, yep. with whatever the, the right reward is for their scenario. I don't want to say what it is because every organization is a little bit different, but it could be just a pat on the back. It could be money. It could be promotion. It could be a better parking space. But, it, right. but it, when people see that kind of behavior being rewarded or positively reacted to, that's what, that's what creates the culture, as you, as you described, I think. Absolutely. That's right. It's great stuff, man. I love this. I could go on uh, on this forever, but we 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 won't. Well, I'll, I'll let you go because we, we have to think. Uh, sadly, Dickens, our Knicks will not be playing in the NBA season. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's right. Not sadly, the, 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 that's the, right. The, 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 the NBA is coming back soon, but uh, not not for our Knicks. I guess the last thing I'll say, Dickens, uh, um, for folks who want to just engage with you more or uh, with Paycom, Paycom Learning more, where, what would you have them uh, do? 
Well, you know, certainly look me up on LinkedIn, um, you know, uh, easy find. There are, or I don't think there are any other Dickens Aubergs out there. A-U-B-O-U-R-G. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm also on, on Twitter. And so you can find me there as well. And, you know, going to paycom.com is a great place to begin to um, learn more about Paycom, Paycom Learning, um, some of the great things that we've been doing over the um, last several years with how we're really truly transforming um, HR and the employee experience. And so um, we certainly look forward to hearing from your listeners, right, and really helping uh, them see how we can help solve their business challenges. Because yeah. really at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? How do you solve the day-to-day -day business challenges, um, you know, through learning, through talent acquisition, um, you know, through, um, you know, our payroll platform. And so we have a full comprehensive platform solution that I really do think will um, be exactly what clients need to really help them move their business forward. And so, you know, I feel very privileged to be able to help uh, many, many clients along their journey through our learning technology and through Paycom Learning. So, you know, uh, I appreciate that opportunity, Steve. Yeah, no, Dick, it's great. Great to have you. Great conversation. And uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, paycom.com, of course, and, and look Dickens up as well. You can hit them up uh, on, on learning, on employee experience, you can, uh, 90s hip hop, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. <laughs> I'm, I, as you can see, I'm down to talk basketball. <laughs> I'm down to talk hip hop uh, uh, and learning, right? And and all the other things you talked about. I'll, uh, uh, I'll talk about my faith and family as well equally. So, um, but with that, you know, I'm really, you know, uh, excited to have yeah. this opportunity. Well, great. It's been great and I look forward you. to doing this again with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Next time I get out there to Oklahoma City, we got to figure out how we get to a game, though. We'll get to a Thunder game and, and we'll have a good time. I think that's Yeah, it. definitely. We'll keep our fingers crossed that, you know, we get this, uh, get everything under control here and get people back in stadiums and back to enjoying life yeah. as well as really taking care of the transformational changes that need to happen with just society, right? Yeah. And some of those things that are happening too. Amen. So I think this is a... Uh, uh, a really important period in time for us. So, um, you know, I look forward to seeing you again, Steve. All right, Dickens, thank you so much. Dickens Abarg from Paycom, a uh, great conversation. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening uh, to today's HR Happy Hour show and remind you to uh, tell a friend. Uh, I mean, the show is, is blowing up. I think by the time you hear this, we will have hit our two millionth download. It's imminent. I'm excited for that. And thanks to everybody for all the support along the way. It's been a great ride and we'll, we continue onward. So, Please uh, subscribe. Uh, you can find the whole show archive at hrhappyhour.net. And for my guest, Dick and Zabar, Purchase McFarland, my name is Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. We will see you next time. And bye for now.